Listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Octopi Hockey Town. And welcome to another edition of Octopi Hockey Town. I'm Zach Fanko here alongside Brian. How you doing today, Brian? Uh, doing awesome, Zach. You know, finals right around the corner, but a lot to talk about in terms of the Red Wings this week. Exactly. Uh, actually, the Red Wings have been on a roll lately. Uh, four straight wins, six out of their last seven. Um, let's kind of go over a quick recap of the last few games. Sunday, they beat uh, Vancouver 5-3. to Datsuk netted two goals in that one. Um, the game before that, I'm sure you were paying close attention to this one. They beat the Devils 5-4 <laughs> to in the shootout. Uh, talk about that game, um, how the Red Wings were able to emerge victorious over the Devils. Well, it was, it was really it was pretty much a tale of two games for the Red Wings because the Devils came out strong and should you know come out to a four to one lead with a goal by Camilleri early in the second period. New Jersey seemed to be running away with it, but then the Red Wings get one back and then the Devils get it close to a two minute five on three. And with the way the Devils are, they can never do things on the five on three. And so the Red Wings thoroughly killed that. I, I think the Devils had maybe two shots on that five on three which last I think it was exactly it was a minute and 56 seconds. So that completely changed the momentum of that game. The Devils really couldn't do much after that, and the Red Wings took it to them, came back and tied the game in the third period, and then went into a shootout, and we all know the Red Wings have had problems in the shootout. But you know, Zach, there's one team that, it, that has even worse problems in the shootout, and that is the New Jersey Devils. The Devils can't score in the shootout, and they can't really keep the pucks out of the net in the shootout. So give credit to Gustav Nyquist on a beautiful shot uh, in the shootout. So it was a very hard-earned win for for Detroit in that game, and it was well-deserved of the way they came back. Um, and it shows you what how resilient the team is, in fact. I mean, they took advantage of a Devils team that, quite frankly, doesn't have the highest bit of confidence when they have a lead or when they go to a shootout. You know, and and I thought Detroit played really well after the Devils made it four to one. I think the Devils' fourth goal kind of woke the Red Wings up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you talk about that you're down four to one. I mean, right here they scored this uh, fourth goal on um, 28 seconds into the second period. You're talking, you're down four one. You know, they just, you know, the second period just starts, and all of a sudden you're down three goals. What are you going to do? You can either give up or you can fight your way back. The Red Wings they played admirably in that game, fought their way back. And they ended up winning in the shootout, which, you know, some people say the shootout's kind of a bit of luck. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than it is to be good. And um, right now the Red Wings are just able to score the puck right now. I mean, they're, uh, they've moved up to uh, fourth in the league in scoring, averaging three goals a game. They're in the top, they're right now they're in the top ten in major categories. Um, they are uh, ninth in the league in defense and goals allowed. And uh, both their power play and the penalty kill are both top 10 right now. So you're talking about a team that's playing good hockey in all aspects of the game. Yeah, it seems like they're finally starting to to you know find 
you know, their identity, and they're starting to stick to their identity here. This has been a pretty impressive streak of play between, you know, for the Red Wings here. And those are four Those are four pretty big wins just in the last week by alone. It's not easy to go into Philly and pretty much dominate the Flyers the way the Red Wings did. It's not easy to come back against the New Jersey Devils when you're down by three goals. Granted, this is not the New Jersey Devils team of the mid-'90s who would get a one-goal lead and sit back on it the rest of the game with the, with the trap. But in Ottawa, that was a big game, and we'll get to that one in a little bit. In Vancouver, even though they had the lights go out early, early going to that game, they were still uh, a big win for them over uh, you know between the brothers there, Drew and Ryan Miller. So I think they're starting to find their stride, and, and this should really you know push them forward in what has turned out to be a really competitive Atlantic, Atlantic division. Yeah. I mean, you got right now. You got Boston, um, or, or Montreal, and Tampa right now atop the division with thirty six points. But the Red Wings are sitting right there mm-hmm. at thirty three points, so only three points back in the division, and they're playing very good hockey right now. Yeah, and so, they, and they also have games in hand on. They have one game in hand on Tampa and two on Montreal. So, yeah, if the Red Wings can can take care of those two games, they'll find themselves in second in that division. They'll leapfrog Montreal if they keep playing the way they they are. I think they could definitely do that. Yeah. Um, for a second here, I want to talk about the return of Stephen Weiss. Um, <laughs> was out for since the start of the season, only played, I think, 27 games in the past two seasons. Comes back into the lineup in the last five games. He's been a huge boost for this Detroit Red Wings team. Three goals and two assists in the last five games that he's played. Um, just having you know another guy in the lineup that could score the puck and create plays like that. I think it's really helping this Detroit team, especially with Datsuk. I mean, he's been in and out of the lineup. He's missed a few games here and there. So having Stephen Weiss to fall back on, I think, has really helped Detroit. You know, we're not, uh, I wouldn't say replace Datsuk's scoring ability, but it helps, you know, when you have another guy like that that can, you know, help the likes of Zetterberg and Datsuk and Franzen on that top line. Yeah, and that's kind of, you know, you see three goals and two assists in the five games, you know, in five games. That's the kind of production they were looking for when they signed him. You know, unfortunately, he's he has that injury bug and all that bag, all that injury baggage with him. But I went I went to the game against Ottawa last week. Uh, tried to go to the Jets uh, the Jets Bills game, but that was a no go. Tickets were too expensive. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at I'm watching the team. I'm like, that looks like Stephen Weiss out there. I and sure enough, he scores two goals. And I said, if Stephen Weiss gets a hat trick, I'm throwing my hat all the way from the last, last, <laughs> the last row at, at Joe Louis Arena. But you know, that's what the Red Wings need. They're, they have, you know, with Stephen Weiss, that adds another depth, skilled player. And is it a coincidence that the Red Wings, you know, have been successful recently, and Stephen Weiss is back in the lineup? I, I mean, I, I think not. I mean, having him back in the lineup, a guy with obviously his ability. I mean. I mean, he was the leader of those Florida Panthers teams for mm-hmm. a long time down in uh, Sunrise, and now you have a guy not only with talent but also veteran experience added to the already you know abundance of experience that the oh, Red yeah. Wings have. It's only going to help your team. I think, the, as I said before, the Red Wings, they have the perfect mix of veteran experience and um, young guys in there. So I feel like this team, you know, they have that perfect mix that a lot of teams are looking for across yeah, the NHL. they really do. Um, so yeah, they beat Vancouver as we said on Sunday, uh, five to three game. Uh, Pavel Datsuk getting two goals as he returned to the lineup. That was their fourth straight win, and uh, I, I would say a dominant victory. I mean, they they had to get an empty netter, 
you know, in the end there to increase to a 5-3 lead. But I would say a solid victory. I mean, you the shots were pretty even. Vancouver had more shots, 33-30. to 30. Um, The power play goals, though, huge for Detroit. Two for four on the power play. When Detroit's scoring on the power play and they're, you know, not allowing power play goals, I feel like that's when they're playing their best hockey. Yeah, and, and their power play is is just improving. And he's, like you said, sixth in the league on the power play. They had, I think they had a couple more power play goals in, in the game against the Devils. I know they had one for sure at least. Um, but this team, it, it, they just look very comfortable on the power play. It's not, you know, there were a couple stretches earlier in the season where they looked like they may have been gripping their stick suit type, maybe looking for that extra, that perfect pass. But now this team looks like they're just in the zone right now. In all facets of their game, they are just in the zone. Um, so coming up, they got a game tonight against the Florida Panthers, Stephen Weiss's old team. So that should be an interesting matchup. Uh, Florida, you know, we've been talking about them lately. You know, the fans aren't really coming to the game. So I feel like for Florida, their best chance for a victory, I know this sounds weird to say, but their best chance to win is on the road. They get away from the home, you know, they get away from that home ice where it's not really a home ice advantage. And I feel like it's them against the world. So right now, you know, they're nine, seven, and six with twenty four points. So they're kind of they're kind of at the bottom of the Eastern Conference right now. And they're they're trying to, you know, get back up. Um but yeah, this game I think I think Red Wings should keep their streak alive in this game tonight. Um just too much scoring options for the Red Wings. I think Jimmy Howard's gonna put in a good performance. I'm, I'm going to say they win in a 3-0 shutout of the Florida Panthers. And I think this is uh, this this could be potentially a trap game for them. And then and let's let's not uh, let's not forget uh, they're having power troubles again. Power outage this morning at Joe Louis Arena. So the game, as of you know 10:30 this morning, the game is in question only because obviously if they can't get the power going. Yeah, you're not gonna. <laughs> you can't play in the dark with flashlights. No, you know. So, but I, I think they'll be able to. They'll be able to fix that. Um, but it is concerning, though. The power goes out. You know, consecutive. You know, twice in three days there. But it, this is a trap game for Detroit. The Panthers are no pushover. I I think their their record of nine seven six is a lot better than people thought they would. You know, it's a lot better than they thought the uh, Panthers' record would be right now. So. I don't. Uh, I, I I agree with you. I think the Red Wings are going to win. I think this one they're gonna have to grind this one out. I think it's gonna be a close game. I, I give them a three to one win tonight. I, I give the Red Wings three to one. Okay. And yeah. I mean, the problem with the Panthers is they they're they're a pretty good defensive team. Yeah. Right now they're eighth with two point four goals against, but twenty eighth in goals per game mm-hmm. with only two goals a game. So right now Florida's struggling to score the puck. Um. They might be able to keep a lot of those pucks out of their own net, but in this league, you got to score. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, you can look at uh, UC Jokinen with 12 goals on the season, leading the, um, or 12 points on the season, leading Florida. Yeah, this team's just not scoring a whole lot of goals, but I do give them a chance in this game. You're right. They're not a pushover. Um, we'll see, but I feel like the Red Wings are the superior team. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up on Thursday night, this should be a good matchup. Thursday night at home in Jolis Arena against Dallas Stars. Uh, I always like watching Tyler Sagan play. Absolutely. He's one of the best, you know, goal scorers in the league. Um, I love watching him play when he was in Boston, and I love watching him play with Dallas now that he has more of a leadership role on this Dallas team. I think that should be a fun game to watch. Yeah, it's and he's really come into his own the last couple of years. You know, when he was with Boston, he was kind of – 
you, you knew he was still that kind of a star player, but he was kind of overshadowed a little bit by everything else that was going on with that team. You know, and now that he's here, you know, him and Jamie Ben have been. I think, I think it would, it's safe to say they're one of the top three duos in the NHL. Him and Jamie Ben. I don't quite think they're the best, but they're still up there, and he's he's right up there in, in the league leader uh, in, in the goal scoring departments. So this will be a very good big game because Dallas, their record right now sits nine ten and five, twenty three points in a division where you're going to compete with Nashville, St. Louis, Chicago, even toss in the Jets since they're up there, and Minnesota. This is a division where you could have six playoff teams, I think. So. Right now, the Stars sit just about they're uh, close to the bottom of their division, actually, and they are just five points out of a playoff spot right now. So they got to start making a push. So I would expect that I would expect them to come out flying on Thursday. That's going to be another tight one. I I think that one could be one that goes to overtime. Yeah, I, think. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those games where you're going to see a lot of goals scored. Yeah. Uh, especially if Datsuk's in the lineup. A lot of fireworks. Yeah, I, I could see a game where maybe like a 6-5 score. Tight. One of those nights where the pucks are just flying into the net. Won't, um, won't make the coaches happy, that's no, for sure. But No, but it'll be fun for the fans, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But, yeah, Thursday night should be a showcase game for the Red Wings. And then Saturday night, another great matchup against an original six rival, New York Rangers coming to town. How do you see that matchup unfolding for the Detroit Red Wings? It's tough. It's tough. The Rangers are always a tough game, but they are in one of the weaker divisions. That that Metropolitan Division is a very weak division outside of the Penguins, and now you have to start talking about the New York Islanders with how they've played recently. I think the Red Wings need to take advantage of the Rangers. Um, they have one of the best goalies in the world. I think he. I think he's the best goalie in the league in Henrik Lundqvist. And then you have Rick Nash, who, like Tyler Sagan before, is also at the top. In goal, in terms of goals scored, so they're they're that's a tough two game stretch where you're going against two of the top snipers in the league and also the best goalie in the world at this point. So advantage to the Red Wings because it's at the Joe, you know. So that's always that's always big to have that Rock and Joe crowd behind you. I think the Red Wings can take that one. That won't be as much. Uh, there won't be as many fireworks in that game as the. Dallas game a couple days before, but I think the Red Wings can pull it out. I think they're going to pull it out, and it's going to be a 2-1 to game. Yeah, I, I like the low-scoring prediction there. Um, you know, Jimmy Howard's one of the better goaltenders as well, along with Henrik Lundqvist. But uh, I feel like the Rangers, they have a lot of scores, but they also play very disciplined hockey. Yeah. And, you know, they're not, they're not allowing a lot of scoring chances. So I could see this game where um, I think it's going to tip towards the Rangers' direction. I think they tend to play a little bit better on the road sometimes than they mm-hmm. do at home. Yep. Um, but I, I could see the Rangers coming into town, perhaps breaking the Red Wings' streak. But, uh, yeah, four straight wins. Right now, Red Wings standing at third in the Atlantic Division, as we talked about behind Montreal and Tampa. Um, and I was just looking at the power rankings this morning, and for the first time this season, they break into the top ten, debuting at number seven. So that's a good news for uh, Red Wings and the Red Wings <laughs> fans. But uh, news around the league, uh, I found this out this morning. Brodeur trying out for the Blues uh, is a comeback in the cards for the legendary goaltender. I think absolutely, absolutely there is, Zach. And I think, based on what I've read um, earlier this morning, I think that he is going to. they're going to announce that they signed him 
sooner rather than later. Um, I think there was a there was a situation where there the Blues backup goalie uh, Jordan Binnington was not on the ice for practice this morning, which could signal that they are ready to announce that they've signed Brodeur. And, and if I'm the St. Louis Blues, why wouldn't you want to sign Martin Brodeur? Sure, he's 42. Sure, the best you know season you know his best statistical seasons are behind him. It's still Marty Brodeur. Yeah. If Dominic Hasek decided to strap him up, I'm sure there's plenty of teams that would come in and say, "Hey, Dominic, you know, you know, come, you know, Dominator, we want you to play for us." I'm still, you know, and, and if you think about it, the Blues are a much better built team than the Devils are. The last couple of years when he, when Brodeur was with the Devils, he did not have the. You, you compare compare Bryce Salvador and Andy Green, or Andy Green and Adam Larson, to Alex Petrangelo, Kevin Shattenkirk. That's a yeah. huge, drastic difference. And then you look at the forwards in front of him, David Backus, Patrick Berglund, TJ Oshie, Paul Stastny, Vladimir Tarasenko, who's just tearing it up lately. So I, th- I think it's a good move for the Blues now that Brian Elliott is, is out. Um, as a hockey fan, I don't want to see Brodeur turn into a Brett Favre kind of character. You know, or, I, and, of course, me... You know, growing up in New Jersey, I watch him all the time. It it looks so weird to see him because uh, he he practiced with the Blues Friday last Friday, um, practiced with them again today a little bit. It just looks so weird seeing him in a Blues jersey. It 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 would be like seeing Nicholas Lidstrom yeah. in a Blues jersey or Nicholas Lidstrom in a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. It, it just looks so odd. But you know what? The guy wants to keep playing, and at you know, with all he's done throughout his career, three Stanley Cups, I think he's got four Vesna trophies, a couple Olympic gold medals. Who are we to tell him what he should do with his life? You know, everyone's saying, "Oh, retire, retire." If I'm 42 and I can still play in the NHL, and someone wants to offer me, say, I think they're gonna if they sign him, it won't be for more than maybe like 1.25 million dollars. Nothing if. Someone wants to pay me, you know, a million dollars to play at the age of forty-two. Sign me up, you know. Yeah. So I, I think give it. Uh, I, I'd say give it a day or two before Brodeur is officially a member of the St. Louis Blues. I think it's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I think it's totally up to him what he wants to do at this point. Legendary goaltender. He's actually the career leader in wins and shutouts of all time of a, any goaltender a whole lot of other in NHL a whole history. lot of stats yeah. so i mean the guy when it comes to goaltenders the guy you know he's he's the best i mean he's he's the best really and it's um it will be weird seeing him in a different jersey other than the devils because you know that's he's been one of those players you don't see a whole lot of players play for one team in yeah. their entire career unfortunately you know so it's it's kind of like you know when you see Chris Chelios coming over from the Blackhawks <laughs> playing for the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, it's gonna be a little weird, but I mean him playing for the Blues and possibly for a team that could contend for a Cup title, that would be great to see. Maybe him make another run at a Stanley Cup, even if it's as a backup goaltender, even so. But uh, that's a good story, I think, and it should be interesting to see what happens in the coming days. But um, elsewhere in the NHL, top five here power rankings. So, yeah, the power rankings just came out yesterday. Uh, and Nashville, the new number one team in the power rankings, according to ESPN.com. Uh, the Preds, 16-5-2 and five and two on the season. 
And um, what what can you say about Philip Forsberg? I mean, the guy has been incredible this year, uh, probably the leading contender for the Calder Trophy at the end of the season, if you're talking about Rookie of the Year. And um, as we were talking about earlier, Nashville is tops in the league in five-on-five scoring ratio. So this team is not just, you know, getting power play goals, getting lucky goals. They're they're beating teams in the five on five category. Yeah, and that and that stat is is a very important stat, especially come playoff time where the games are a lot more chippy. They let them play a little bit more. So if you're able to have that kind of a of a ratio five on five heading into the playoffs, and you also still have, you know, Pecorine, one of the best goalies in the league too, that it's a scary team. And it's amazing to see this quick transformation from a team that really just you know they, they had to battle a lot of injuries last year. You know they finished towards the bottom of the division. Then they get a new coach in Peter Laviolette, who I think is one of the best coaches in the NHL. And now look, this is a team that's built to make the playoffs. Like kind of like the Red Wings, they have that veteran leadership in Shea Weber. You could say James Neal's in there too with that, and Mike Fisher. You know, and, and then you have Philip Forsberg. I think is one of the one of the more surprising stories this year. So I, I think I don't know if I'm quite sure I'm going to give them my number one spot yet, but they're they're quickly climbing up there for me. Yeah, I mean they've been incredible. Of course, Pecorine has been you know just outstanding, outstanding as a goaltender, and they're actually number one in the league in goals allowed. So right now this team they're on a four game win streak, and um, they moved up five spots from uh, or they moved yeah they moved up five spots from last week in the ESPN power ranking. So. Very impressive from the Nashville Predators. Uh, coming in at number two this week, we got the Tampa Bay Lightning, who uh, they've been, you know, they've been winning games just as they have been all season. They won three in a row and eight of their last ten, and uh, they're getting Victor Hedman back just in time before they play uh, Martin St. Louis and mm-hmm. the Rangers. So that's going to be a very emotional matchup for uh, both fan bases on both sides. Um, and then coming in at number three, the Penguins, who uh, you know they have their they have the same record right now as Nashville, sixteen five and two, and uh, they're tied with the Blackhawks for the league's best goal differential. So they're they're scoring a lot of goals and they're beating teams by a pretty lengthy margin. And uh, this week in my top five, I like the Penguins as my number one team. I still think that they have some of the most talented players in the league. And um, when you look at, I think when you look at goal differential, I think that's a pretty good stat for how good a team's playing. Because you have a lot of teams, you know, they might be getting a lot of wins, but if you're squeaking out these two-one wins, you know, three-to-two type wins, you know, you're still a good team. But I feel like you have to have some dominant wins in there to actually, you know, um, structure yourself as one of the top five teams in the league. So I, I like the Pens. And one of the most surprising teams I've looked at all season, the Islanders. I mean, <laughs> can you believe it? New York Islanders, uh-huh. seventeen and seven right now in the season. Um, they have yet to lose a game in the shootout, which is pretty, you know, shootout or overtime. So they've been incredibly clutch in close games, and um, you know, eleven wins in their past thirteen games. Um, it's been a pretty incredible run for the New York Islanders, and I I got to give it to uh, you know the Islanders, um, you know, general their uh, management. They've been they've been able to construct a team that's built to win at the highest level in the NHL. Yeah, Garth Snow has done a uh, has done a very good job lately of of retooling that team, and Jack Capuano, the head coach, is doing a phenomenal job. And this team, oh, how many people rode the? I I was one of them. I was riding this team off 
before the season started, I, I, I thought, you know, hmm, it's the Islanders. I think we're going to expect a lot of what they what happened with them last year. But the moves that they made in the offseason, bringing in Yaroslav Halak and Chad Johnson, completely solidified the goaltending for them. And then bringing in Nick Letty and Johnny Boychuk late in the offseason via trade, was it's worked wonders for them. And they've always had a, a very nice young core of forwards. You have the, the John Tavares, you know, Kyle Luckposo, Franz Nielsen, Brock Nelson, uh, gosh, the list, Anders Lee. The, the list goes on and on for these guys. Michael Grabner's another one. So I think they're they're finally starting to to come into their own. They just needed that those couple of moves to get them going, and they made those moves. And and they they swept Pittsburgh in a home and home series not too long ago. So I that's why I think the Islanders in my top five are over the Penguins. I think the Penguins got bumped out because of the Islanders. I think the Islanders are going to take their spot. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, you can't argue with that, really. I mean, the Islanders right now, I mean, it's early in the season, but you could say maybe they're a team of destiny up in Long mm-hmm. Island there. Yeah. I know it's been a long time since Islanders fans have really had something to be excited about, so that'll be a good story to watch. Um, rounding out the top five this week for the ESPN Power Rankings, you got the St. Louis Blues, um, 16-6-2, and and they're uh, there's they keep on winning despite you know not having Brian Elliott in the lineup as their goaltender. Uh, we, as we talked about, we'll see if Martin Brodeur comes back to play for the Blues, but uh, that'll be interesting. But the Blues, I think, are a team. They have so much talent, um, the great defensive team that they're a team that's going to be in the top five most of most of if not all the season. And I would be surprised if they weren't one of the top two teams come playoff time in the Western Conference. Yeah, I think the Blues are in great shape where they are right now. They're not going to be a team that's just going to run away in the standings, and they don't need to be. And I think they might be one piece of the puzzle away from making a deep run there. I really love what they did by bringing in Paul Stastny from Colorado. And if you bring in Marty Brodeur, you never know what can happen. I mean, this is Marty Brodeur got the Devils to the Stanley Cup final two years ago. Now it's going to be three years ago. And he was 40. By the time the playoffs come around, he's going to be 43. I just like a lot about this team. They're not going to razzle-dazzle you. They're going to, they're going to beat you. They're, they're, that's their style of play. Zach Parisi came out recently and said that they bully you around the ice, and that's their style of play. Kind of like the Boston Bruins of the Eastern Conference a little bit, I think. And I, I completely agree. The Blues have to be in the top five somewhere. I would say around five is where I have them. Yeah, I mean, if they can get Brian Elliott back at some point mm-hmm. this season, and if they sign Martin Brodeur, that's some great depth at the goaltending position. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the Blues. Um, I actually, I thought last year going into the playoffs, they had a great shot to win it, win it all as much as anyone in the Western Conference. Didn't work out with Ryan Miller, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're right. I mean, Brodeur did lead the Devils to the Stanley Cup final, you know, a few years ago. And uh, we've seen teams you know sign these old goaltenders and it ends up working out for him watch you know look at the red wings Dominic when they hashik. signed hashik and hashik was in his you know late 30s so i mean i feel like goaltending you you can you can if you can do it you can do it for a long time yeah and not and not too long ago we're, we're dating back to uh 2011 when tampa bay had dwayne rollison in that and he got them to a game a one nothing game seven loss to the bruins that year in in the conference finals so he, Historically, you know, 
law of averages will tell you most of the time signing an old, of an old goalie is not going to work out. But if you have a chance to add the greatest goaltender of all time to a team that's already a Stanley Cup contender, it'll be interesting to see, though, Zach, what happens if Brian Elliott comes back. Then you have Jake Allen, Brian Elliott, and Marty Brodeur as your three goalies. What happens then? Do, yeah. you, do you send Jake Allen back to the AHL and go with a Brodor elliott duo? It's just something to keep an eye on, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think in that scenario, Allen has to be the yeah. odd man out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way you're sending Brodeur. You're going to release him after just yeah. signing him. Yeah, you're not going to sign him for two weeks and then we'll just let him go. So, But, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, let's go back to the Red Wings for a second here as we were talking about um, I think this is a huge opportunity for Detroit to make some ground in this division these next couple of weeks. Um, just looking at their uh, schedule, you know, they got Florida, Dallas, and the Rangers this week. Sunday they play at Carolina. Um, they got a game against Toronto next week, next Wednesday. Um, that'll be actually on the rivalry night on NBC Sports mm. Network. And then you got a, you know, a game with the Florida Panthers, once again, sandwiched in between a game against um, Toronto at Toronto. So I feel like a lot they have a lot of games that are within the conference, within the division. This is a chance for the Red Wings to um, quite possibly be one of those top two teams in the um, Atlantic Division and maybe the Eastern Conference. Yeah, exactly. And you know they got a way they got a ways to go, but the good news is they're only three points behind the two at the top of the division. So I think it's definitely re- attainable for them. Um, but I think they need to not quite get caught up in the, in the standings yet. Because don't forget, we still, we still have got fifty, you know, fifty-eight games to go for the Red Wings. So we still got. We're only in the first lap of a marathon right here. It's pretty much still. We're just closing in on the on the end of the first lap of the marathon. So I think the Red Wings are in excellent position right now. I mean, Fourteen five and five record. That's phenomenal. For a team that, you know, a lot of people had question marks about them. You know, can the Red Wings duplicate the success they had, you know, last year? Can they get the young kids to perform the way they did last year? And I think they're doing that, quite frankly. Um, Yeah, I agree completely. Um, This team, I mean, I had faith in this team coming, you know, at the start of this season. I didn't expect them to actually be playing this good. But they're they're getting good at the right time. I mean, this is if they're gonna if they're gonna be a good team, this is when you got to prove it. You know, early in the season, and um, hopefully, you know, it keeps going on till later in the season. But I like the Red Wings as a team right now. You know, they're scoring a lot of goals and they're playing great defense. And when you look at those 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 statistics, top ten in most of the statistics across the board. I mean, it's hard to argue with this team right now. The one thing I will say though is they're not playing a lot of the teams that are, I would say, are truly elite in the NHL. I mean, until they start playing more games against Boston and more games against Tampa, then we'll see what this team's made of. But at this point, it's hard to argue with their success. Um, I also want to bring up a point here. Uh, Just want to say our thoughts and prayers are going out to Gordie Howe. Absolutely. um, Recovering from a stroke he had. Um, Just hope he gets better because he's he's a legend, and uh, he's definitely one of the faces – of not only Detroit sports, but just Detroit in general. And, um, you know, he's a very, uh, very uh, great, great man. So hopefully he gets better. Did you ever, did you ever meet Gordy Howe? I, I have not. Well, I, the first time I came out to visit Michigan State, um, 
we came out, it was in the middle of winter, and we looked at the schedule and we saw that the Red Wings were playing at home. So we figured, well, we're out here. Let's let's go to Joe's Arena for the first time. So they ended. They were playing the Dallas Stars that night. Um, and we get to the building, and we're walking around the concourse. I'm taking all this, and I'm looking like this isn't. You know, that's because it's for me coming from the Prudential Center, which is a relatively brand new building, to go to Joe Louis Arena, which is just it's one of the oldest buildings. You know, one of the oldest barns in the league. So I'm walking around taking it all, and I walk past. I think it was maybe might have been the Gordy House statue or the Ted Lindsay uh, statue, and I see there's a group of people, you know, huddled around this stand. I thought, oh, they must be, you know, giving away something. Or, and I look, and there's Gordy Howe sitting at the table signing autographs. So I call my dad. I'm like, Dad, Dad, look, it's Gordy Howe, Gordy Howe. So he comes over, and my dad has been a hockey fan, you know. Used to, his, his favorite player was Eddie Jockman back in the days for the Rangers. So he sees it's Gordy House. We're like, oh, we got to get online. we got to get his autograph. This was four or five years ago? Four, I guess maybe four or five years ago. So we get on the line, and we realize we see this big stack of books next to him. We realize it's a book signing. And so we go up, and my dad says, I don't care if we read this book or not, but we're buying this book and getting it signed by Gordy. So we get up to the front of the line. He's sitting there. He autographs the book, you know, to my dad and, you know, and my name on it. And I go in to take a picture with him. I'm sitting there taking I'm sitting there, I got my arm around Gordy. He's got his fist right up to my face. <laughs> and, you know, he's got the Stanley Cup ring on it. And I look at that picture. I'm just thinking, man, you know, that guy just, you know, <laughs> that was great. You know, I never would have expected to meet Gordy Howe in my life, let alone take a picture with his fist inches away from my face. So that's something. We have the book, the autograph book, hanging up in my house back home in New Jersey. That's a memory I'll take. I'll I'll keep with me forever. You know, I was really saddened to hear all the news that's coming out. You know about Gordy Howe, but our thoughts are with him, and I think he he's touched everybody that he's met, and even people that he hasn't met. So, the best of luck for Mister Hockey. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and um, you know, just coming from a you know. Red Wings fan. Um, I never got to see him play in person, obviously, mm-hmm, yeah. but watching, you know, the old highlights and uh, he just, he played the way he played the game, the way it was meant to be played. And he's truly a legend that, you know, any hockey fan can look up to. So, um, you know, thoughts and prayers out to Gordie Howe. And uh, for those of you out on the Twitter world, please tweet at us, tweet us some of your questions. We'd love to hear about your thoughts not only about the Red Wings, but also around the NHL. We know there's a lot of, you know, fans of other teams around, not only on campus, but, you know, anywhere you're at. If you want to talk NHL hockey, me and Brian are all, you know, down to talk. We're all ears. Tweet me at ZachFanko52, Z-A-C-H-F-A-N-K-O-5-2, and you can tweet Brian as well. Yep, tweet me at Brian, B-R-I-A-N underscore Bobal, B-O-B-A-L, at B-R-I-A-N underscore B-O-B-A-L. All right, and thanks for listening to another edition of Octopi Hockey Town. As always, let's go Red Wings. And for the MSU students out there, uh, take it easy, and uh, hopefully you do well on your finals.